welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Today, we are talking about burnout, priorities, adaptability, and all kinds of fun things that really are at top of mind as we go into the new year. So we all know that resolutions and goals are really something that we're focusing on, that we want to get right. Every year feels like a new slate. But a lot of times by the end of January, we're already feeling the weight of unmet expectations. And January is also a very key time for entrepreneurs to feel the burnout because maybe We're coming out of the holidays and going right into trying to make things happen. So I have a really wonderful guest that is going to help me talk through some of these issues today. So if you're feeling any of those things, the weight of resolutions and goals, some of that burnout, that you can find a path forward. My guest today is Brooke Bailey. And she has a lot of credentials, which you can see in the show notes below. But Brooke specializes in delivering integrated business and wellness coaching solutions to help entrepreneurs amplify their influence, expand their wealth, but without that burnout. And Brooke and I met last year and we talked and I just really felt like what she had to say was so, so important. So welcome, Brooke Bailey. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I'm excited to be here and hopefully to help your listeners make positive change in the new year. Yeah, yeah. We're all excited about positive change. And that is possible, correct? We're not overly optimistic. No, it's absolutely possible. I think that it is just as you were saying, those a lot of times we try to dive into a big change right after the holidays and it can feel overwhelming and we can already feel behind before we've even started. So I'm excited to dig into that a little bit with you today and hopefully we can help listeners uh, unwind some of those feelings of feeling like they're behind or like they have more to do than they can possibly do. Yeah, and I love how you specialize one of well one of your specialties is in habits. And you and I talked before we started today at the end of the year I talked about kind of 10 things that you should remember about your business and the last one was your business will always change and you said that that really resonated with you because I was basically saying that there is, we need to be aware of that and not think that something's wrong because change is stressful, whether it's, you know, it's bad change or good change. And a lot of times it is good change, but we're still feeling that. But it is also important to be aware of 
that buildup that can lead to burnout. And the fact that you said that we should regularly reassess our habits, especially around health relationships and finances. So is that a good starting place for us to talk today? That's a great place to start. And yes, I did really tune in to that, to your 10th core truth that your business will always change. And to me, what I loved that you said was that you will need to change with it. And that as you just reiterated, that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. And I think a lot of times we feel like we have failed when something doesn't work. And so taking that next step to make adjustments to shift our business or shift our health, our relationships, or our finances, it can feel like if we haven't gotten traction in those areas in the past, that maybe we won't get traction again if we try to make a change. So I would love to talk about how habits play into that because I think at the new year, a lot of times we are goal setting. In particular, as business owners, we're often setting income goals for ourselves or sales goals for our businesses. And those are great metrics and outcomes that we're looking to achieve. But if we haven't considered the behaviors and the daily habits and routines that are going to lead us to those goals, we aren't giving ourselves the strong foundation that will actually help us reach the goals. So I kind of like to think about when we're goal setting, what are those big outcome goals that you have, those metrics that you're aiming toward? And those could be numeric metrics, you know, financials, or of course, health-wise at the new year, everyone is looking to usually lose weight or gain muscle. That's a big exercise approach that people have. So you might have metrics associated with that, but we also want to dig a little bit deeper and figure out why you want those things, those particular metrics, And then also to understand in asking why, what are your real values and how will achieving those goals really help you feel aligned with your values, not just when you reach that metric, but in the daily habits that you'll need to take to get to that metric. So we look at the outcome, but then we have to backtrack into the daily behaviors and the habits that are going to to get you there. So what is the, I guess, the most common problem that entrepreneurs come to you with? Mm, Pinpointing a number one problem. Well, I think in the context of today's conversation, one of the things that I hear most frequently in my group coaching calls is feeling behind. That might not be the problem that they're initially coming to me for. I need to increase my revenue or I need to create systems to bring in new support. I need to create better boundaries around my work time so that when I'm with my family and more present, those are some of the things that they might verbalize. But then Mm -hmm. what I'll hear as a, not a complaint, but just this general feeling is that they constantly feel behind. And I think that bubbles over, not just from entrepreneurs, but honestly, to to most of us in Western culture, because there is this drive to constantly do 
and we tend to be overscheduled and overextended. Yeah, so I think I certainly feel that way coming back after taking some time off over the holidays. Where do you think that comes from, that feeling of always being behind? Is that just our culture? Is it kind of these unrealistic expectations that leaders tend to put on themselves? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think it's culturally driven and, you know, plays into the beliefs and the expectations that we develop as we grow. Obviously, it's going to be nuanced for each person, depending on the influences of their nuclear family and then, of course, their current relationships and friends, because the people we spend time with, you know, influence how we think. And it's become a popular, you know, it's like when you say, how are you? And someone says, oh, starts to talk about the weather, right? (laughs) That, That it's a topic that we can all commiserate on and kind of connect in a socially acceptable way and being feeling like we're behind or like we're tired, especially as women, because we tend socially and culturally not to talk about the positives. We tend to usually kind of lean in with something that's, that's not as positive that's going on. And then we can kind of connect and feel like we're helping each other Mm. if we think someone's not doing as well or that, you know, we can relate to what they're going through. So I think there are uh, emotional connections there that we're trying to develop when we're talking in that way, but it's also the truth that we actually feel that way. And I think what we need to do as a culture that starts with us individually is practicing shifting our mindset. And mindset is a super trendy word, especially in coaching, but Mm -hmm. Really, it's like, what do you believe about the way that your day should flow? And what do you believe about how you should focus your energy and use your time? And when you strip away the cultural influences and you get down to what you really value, more than likely, you're not necessarily going to be valuing doing as many things as possible in one day even though we think we like that. And to a certain extent, different people are motivated in different ways. So we may get a sense of instant gratification from accomplishing something that we can check off our list that makes us feel more in control. But even in doing that, and even in being rewarded by that, there's kind of a never ending list, right? Yeah, there (laughs) is a never ending list. Yeah, so it's sort of that we're setting ourselves up for this never feeling fully satiated or fulfilled by completing tasks on a daily basis. And so that brings us to this mindset of constantly feeling behind. And then also at this time of year, I mean, I've just experienced this myself for sure. I was traveling extensively over the holidays internationally and within the States to visit family and definitely felt overextended. And then you come back to what is supposed to be your normal routine and your expectation is that you're going to do it differently and you're going to do it better this year. Right, right. And you, yeah, you dive into that first week of work and you're, you know, it feels chaotic. Something will happen. Maybe 
one of your children got sick or you got sick. And that kind of blew up your whole perceived plan of how you were going to move into the new year. So then you feel even further behind. So I think that is really a common issue that I see with my clients. And we were just discussing it in this past week's group coaching call. And it's something where we kind of have to, again, peel back the layers, dial it back a little bit, think about what our expectations are and how can we really look at the behaviors that we have on a daily basis and help ourselves acknowledge that we are taking positive action and we are creating slow incremental change and that that's actually normal and healthy. And this idea of doing it all is not healthy or moving us forward, really. I love that you talk on your website, which is at sbrookbailey.com, and that will be in the show notes as well, that it's really important to have sustainable habits. And, And that's really a lot of times what it comes down to with wanting to be more organized or wanting to work out more often or whatever goal we have, we feel behind. And so we're saying, okay, starting, you know, January 2nd, I'm going to be at the gym five days a week. But Mm -hmm. then we find out that's not sustainable, either we're too tired or, you know, for whatever reason. So Mm -hmm. how do we know If as we're setting goals and we're seeking to create new habits, maybe going in there and putting it on our electronic calendars, how do we know if these are sustainable? Are there certain questions that we can ask ourselves or what is kind of that process? I look at that. So first of all, I take people through the process of clarifying the goals. So just as we mentioned the outcomes and the behaviors that would be necessary to reach those goals, along with the values that are being supported by reaching those goals. And then the next piece is simplify. So Mm -hmm. I think that simplify phase addresses your question the most. (laughs) And this is where we would say to ourselves, okay, you know, I've set this goal of being at the gym five days a week because I want to, you know, gain two pounds of muscle in the next 12 weeks. And that's important to me because I want to feel physically fit and want to be active in my older years. You know, if we're trying to kind of put it together in the big picture. And then you have to ask, well, what is my current habit around this? new habit. So if you currently go to the gym, 80% of your goal. So let's say your goal is five days a week and you're currently going four days a week. That's not a huge shift, right? Right. It will take some adjustments. It will take thinking strategically. You may have to create some new boundaries around different times, but it's not a huge jump. So I like to get my clients to really aim for 80% success rather than 100 or 110%, which is what most of them come in expecting of themselves and look at, you know, is this something that I could easily hit the the B minus range most weeks, right? If it's not, if this, if you're only going to the gym once a week, and now you're going to try to go five times a week, then that's more than, you know, a 20% or increase. It's more than you're probably going to be able to 
realistically hit consistently. It's not that it's impossible. Nothing's impossible. Right. But change is going to happen because your brain gets rewarded by your success. Yeah. The behavioral science piece of that is that you need that reward to advance you forward and to make that habit stick. Right. So as you're saying that, my question is, if after, I don't know, two months, three months, say 90 days, um, someone finds that they're only showing up at the gym three days a week, wouldn't it make sense to make that the new goal? And then they are achieving it 100% or 99%? Yes, you want to create, you want to create a sense of reward and accomplishment. Okay, so you can change it if you realize that you are overshooting with the first goal. Now, we don't want to take that to the other extreme. And it's like, okay, my goal was five and I'm only making it one. So I'm just going to say my goal is one day a week. And then I'm then if I make it two or three days, I'll feel exceptional. That It needs to be, I would think, a little bit of a stretch goal. Yes, it does need to be a little stretch, but we want to... So the, your brain is going to be biased in a lot of, of different ways. You know, there's plenty of research out there about looking at a fast food menu and it has a salad on it. And so just because the salad is literally on the menu, your subconscious actually thinks that you're making a healthier choice, even if you get the hamburger or the fries or whatever. Mm. So we, we have to factor that in and factor our own personality and motivational tendencies in. But you're right. You want a little bit of a reach, but it can't, it maybe would be best. I shouldn't say can't, but it would be best if it's not a monumental leap. Because the reality is that monumental leap is built on a lot of different little micro habits. And if you don't have those micro habits in place, you're probably not going to make that leap. We want to get you in the state of consistently doing those micro habits and then gradually build that. I think you also use this reference in one of your podcasts was building a single bridge rather yes. than 10 different yes. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you want to share that image again with people who haven't listened to that lesson. Yeah. I would just say that, you know, when we start out, it's, you know, okay, let's just use exercise because that seems to be the biggest New Year's resolution is around getting to the gym to lose weight or tone up or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, maybe you're saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the gym four days a week and it's going to be these days. And that's, you know, so you start and then you start doing it and it's one bridge. And then you're like, oh, but the other things I could do is, you know, three times a week, I could start doing yoga and maybe five days a week, I'm going to go for a walk unless it's below 32 degrees or whatever that is. And you start building plan upon plan rather than, you know, get that first bridge built rather than trying to build multiple bridges simultaneously because it will take you so much longer and you'll get frustrated. So, okay, we're going to the gym. What did I say? Four days a week, get mm -hmm. yourself where you're routinely hitting most weeks, those four days. And then when it feels natural and you're like in the flow of that, then think about, do you want to add something else and what would it look like? So that's kind of the imagery around that too, because this is where, right? This is why so many people 
are at the gym the first week of January, and then 75% of the new people are gone by the end of January. Right. And we could even take that analogy a little bit further and talk about how long do you want that bridge to last? Do you want that bridge to be a permanent bridge that has a solid foundation? Or do you want that bridge to be a swinging bridge that you have to replace every, you know, five years, which I mean, that would be um, maybe taking it a little bit too literally. Let's say with a goal, you're probably going to be shifting your goals every 90 days. So do you want to really make a substantial change that's going to last you a lifetime? Or do you want to constantly be fighting with yourself for the number of times you're going to the gym every 90 days? Right, right. I think that's good. The other thing I want to talk to you about is you referenced the micro habits. And that reminds me of something that I talk a lot about is that, you know, one of those micro habits, for example, might be getting up an hour earlier. So you can get your work out in before the rest of your normal schedule starts happening. And so Mm -hmm. that goes to the point of who do you need to be? Because as we change our goals, whether they're business and wellness, and I want to get to the fact next that you focus on both of those through your coaching program, but Mm -hmm. it's also a question of if I'm a, a person, if I'm setting this goal of going to the gym four days a week, who do I have to be? I have to be someone maybe that gets up earlier than I like. Maybe I naturally wake up at six, but I'm going to have to start setting the alarm for five to build in that time. Do you talk about that as well in your coaching program? Yes, absolutely. And in my program, we talk about it in terms of your identity and what habits do you identify as happy. So if you are trying to make a significant change and you don't identify that way, let's say, you know, you, you're someone who identifies as having a history of mostly eating quick fast food meals, you're, you don't think of yourself as being someone who prepares food or cooks well, and you don't think of yourself as being someone who's healthy, but you're going to make it all change this year. You have to start to believe that that's possible. And so you really have to change, like you're saying, the person that you're going to be, but you want to slowly think about that, not just from looking at someone else and what they do, but think about what are the characteristics that you actually already are pretty close to having and start to build upon those that you already have. So We also talk in my program about your alter ego, how you can utilize that to kind of bridge the gap between where you currently are and where you want to be and how powerful that is because we have this subconscious and this set of beliefs that has created our identity. And whether we're conscious of it or not, we try to hold on to that. And so whenever a change is presented we're subconsciously trying to hold on to the old way of doing things as well as our brain's habit loops are conditioned to hold on to the old way of doing things. And we have to literally rewrite the code or the synapses in our brain of how our brain is wiring so that these new connectors are more in line with the new habits that we want. 
And that Uh happens through like simplifying those routines so that you make it as simple as possible for you to get a win, basically. Yeah. So tell people how they can work with you and a little bit about your program. Sure. My program is a 90-day group coaching program. It's done entirely virtually, and it's designed for uh, women business owners who want to grow their business without sacrificing their health. And we take you through the three phases of clarifying, simplifying, and then aligning your behaviors with your values so that you ultimately get that growth, but from a stable, sustainable foundation. You can find out more about that program. It's called Balance Business, Balance Life Blueprint on my website, which is sbrookbailey.com in the work with me section. And I also, as part of that program and part of the training and the things that I talk about, I have a free masterclass on how to set boundaries and reclaim your time. So if you invest, I think the masterclass is about 40 minutes, about 40 minutes of your time, you'll walk away saving about five hours a week in the way that you set your boundaries so that you reclaim your time rather than just letting that time be diffused and given to things that aren't your personal focus or priorities. And I I will share that link, but just in general, it's sbrookbailey.com forward slash masterclass registration. So we can probably put that in the show notes too. And that's completely free. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. So check out Brooke's website. She's got some wonderful blogs on there. My favorite blog is why I think it's like why being a B student is or getting a B plus is better than an A, something like that. But I loved that. It stuck with me for a really long time. So I encourage everyone to check it out. And Brooke, I think you were the perfect guest to start the new year with and kind of talk to people about why they might have failed in the past with resolutions and how to better set goals and ensure that they're aligning not only their business goals, but also their wellness goals. Because, you know, as I'm here with you thinking about it, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, okay, if I want to grow my business by 20%, who do I need to be to do that? And maybe it's someone who's healthier, someone who is creating a little bit more balance in the areas of their life. And Brooke seems to have a really unique approach as how to do that. So really appreciate you being a guest. And I have one parting question for you today. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. So this is the Prosper Project. What does it mean for you to prosper, Brooke? For me, I'm prospering when I'm challenging myself to grow in different ways, but also that that growth is allowing me to live in sync with my values. So it's very much about integrity to me and also doing my best to have fun (laughs) because I I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself as we kind of discussed previously. I think a lot of us do. And so the idea that prospering means that not only am I growing, but I'm actually enjoying it. I'm creating experiences with the people that I love. That for me really counts as prospering. I love that so much. 
Brooke, thank you so much for being a guest on the Prosper Project today and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.